0: is kelly
1: aka trixie from ragnarok and roll sign to ragnarok story and tilda wimblewick from DD journey of the fifth edition first off i would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures as well as for rating us on itunes and rpgpodcast.com if you haven't rated us yet we would greatly appreciate it if you could and if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts we are now on patreon a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com slash cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening.
0: Hey guys, Jim here from Creative Plan Podcast Network. Just want to send a big shout out and hi to you guys. This week is going to be our special Tuscan 42 week because we spent an amazing weekend last weekend. Hanging out with a bunch of our friends, enjoying the con, just relaxing. Good time had by all. And I just wanted to make sure to share as much as I can. And just to let you know, we have listened to your requests. We do now have a Twitter at Creative, capital P, capital P, N-E-T. So that's Creative PP net we now have a YouTube channel, which we just made up and put some videos that we recorded at the convention. That's going to be for YouTube. It's going to be, look up Creative Play and Podcast Network. We come right there as the channel. If you like it, hit subscribe, like some of the videos. We've got some really interesting stuff there. If you are of the adult persuasion, I would definitely say check out the Tippy Tea Part 1. You get to see some adults having some adult fun, having some tea dueling, and just general blast of a good time. And also, there's a big tip there. Tuscon 43 next year. We're going to actually get to see George R.R. R. Martin in person. He's going to be down here in Tucson. So if you guys are a fan of his books, and quite a few of you are, or his TV show, come on down to Tuscon 23. It's going to be amazing next year, pretty much around the same time. They always host it around October 31st. Come on down. We can meet in person. By all means, if you want, we can hang out, and we can see George R.R. R. Martin together. And for the Halloween costume contest... We've actually got some video of the winners for this year. And I'm definitely thinking next year's costume contest is going to be filled with White Walkers. And maybe Jon Snow. But definitely lots of White Walkers. So I'm uh, going to go ahead and throw some of the panels that we've listened to. And by all means, hit us up. Hit us up on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, all on Creative Plan Podcast Network. And we'd love to talk to you. And here's the show.
1: All right. Well, I am Jennifer Lopez of Black Aether Cosplays. And I am Amber Martin of Shattered Reality Character Creations. These are just some of our costumes that we put together ourselves. And there's a lot of obvious things here, like there's some steampunk, pirate, wasteland, horror. Those are our realms that we like to delve into. And even
2: sometimes we do crossovers, like this guy, which is steampunk and horror.
1: And I would say definitely retribution as well.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely say he's a he's
1: yeah got it down. It's the character. We'll go through all of our (coughs) character names in a minute. But what we like to do is, even though we may follow some of the stereotypical tropes that you see, like sky captain, pirate type person, we like to make our own characters, like to have our own take on it, our own little spin. So we always spend some time trying to find those just right pieces. (laughs) whether we have to make them or find
2: them. And sometimes finding them is the hard part if you can't make them.
1: Because it's like, you go to Goodwill, and usually it's there, but then it's not. And you're like, well? Our biggest thing is, the first question you ask is, why do you even want to make this outfit or character? You don't have to have a story, but it helps. It helps with creating it and finding the pieces.
2: A lot of times what I like to do is with my characters, they they're a piece of me. They're a piece of my personality. You could do that if you want, or if you want a specific, I guess, archetype or a person you want to be. The best way to portray that is just make a character. And that way you could say, this is the kind of person I want to be, or this is the person I wish I was, or, I don't know, I wish I was somebody from Marvel or something like that.
1: (laughs) Just be careful when you do create characters that you don't don't step on toes or cross infringement rights. (laughs) Like, you can dress up as... Do your own take of Poison Ivy. You can do a steampunk Poison Ivy. Plenty of those, and they're very beautifully done. But just be careful. You don't say, "Oh, I'm the official steampunk Poison Ivy. I am part of DC, Marvel, whatever." You know, don't go around saying that. <laughs> if you do want to say that, you're going to have to get
2: Marvel's permission first. Hey? Yes.
0: I mean DC? Disney's?
2: Disney, Disney. Yeah, now they don't give
1: permission. No, they don't. <laughs> Never no, they do. <don't>. The <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Now
2: the next thing. <laughs> Now the next thing is when you do create that character, you have to think why does the character dress the way they do? Why do they have the accessories, the weapons, the
1: look that they do? Is it actually useful in day-to-day life? Um, And even if you're thinking broader, is it useful in that situation at that moment? Maybe you're trying to capture a certain moment in that character's life. An example would be this
2: character's particular outfit was conglomerated together from the people he ate.
1: Well, who is he? Explain your character. Oh, this guy? Yes. This guy
2: is Kilo. He is a cannibal. Uh, think like Mad Max universe kind of thing. He was, in essence, he was in a pit for about 12 years of his life of where his tribe would throw people down for him to eat, and that was his only means of nourishment. So that's all he knew ever since he was 8 years old until he got out 12 years later. Is he deformed? Is that why he wears the mask? He wears the mask because he likes things that are creepy. And
1: the way he sees it, why not smile all the time? <laughs> it's kind of like Kenny from South Park, where he always has the hood on him and you think maybe he's deformed, maybe he's weird, but then it, it's revealed in the movie he's normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think in one movie he actually talks, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, the series with the uh, superhero. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. And you don't have to have a story. You don't have to have a reason. It's nice, too. It helps you figure out how to build your outfit. But truthfully, Amara, the one I'm most recognized for for my crimson dress that has an interesting nickname. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... She originally started as just for looks with the Tucson Steampunk Society. I wanted something that looked awesome, something recognizable. And then she really became her own character now. And she has a second outfit that she's just started. <laughs> she could blame me for that when I made her buy the jacket. Yes, yes. I've been, this is actually my third year wearing this. And it shows. <laughs> I have not taken the best care of it. So there's been like holes in rips. I've like turned into pockets. There's stains that now I say, oh, it's oil stains. from working on the ship. <laughs> I mean, I've had it dry cleaned and all that kind of stuff, but there's still some stuff that it can't fix. Did you make it or it My mother actually made this for me. My sister tried starting to make it. This was our first project of this kind, so it actually took us 10 months because <laughs> we had no idea, you know? <laughs> That's how it got its interesting nickname, which I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> i right oh. okay. Now, see, when it comes to, like, character accessories, let me give you a bit of an example.
2: This guy's accessory, his name is Thaddeus Cross Turner. He is, in essence, an axe murderer. Now, the reason I made this guy is because I love horror. I love the idea of, like, you know, the serial killers, of Rob Zombie, some of his movies. You can things like that. I came up with this character because I work in the haunted house industry and for the longest time I wanted to be the guy with the chainsaw, so I came up with a character to portray that. The reason that he has this axe is because mainly that's one thing with characters is if you can't have one weapon, improvise, make another weapon that's maybe better for cons or just better to be around people. And that's why I made this. that's a
1: real axe, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is a real fire axe. I was going to say, that's probably not popular in certain venues. Where's
2: the other one? And kind of the reason that this is a real cow spine. Uh, I found it out in the desert. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And the reason Up that cycle. he. cycle. Yeah. <laughs> this is also a real axe.
2: <laughs> this was actually put together from a sledgehammer axe head and a fence posts that we found out in the desert so we do a lot of scavenging in the true wasteland style <laughs> yeah, i know right but the reason he has this is pretty much just to, as an intimidation factor you know you see a real body part or a real bone on something and it makes it just at least bit more
1: gruesome and there's always ways to dress up the accessories like this one has a little bit of the fake blood some hair glued to it and the uh, spinal cord looking thing spinal column looking oh. thing and why is that I just told him. Because he's got your back.
0: Ah! Oh, Punishments. Punishment.
1: Punishment. Yeah. Gotta love it. You're
2: sleeping on the couch. I do anyway. <laughs> and pretty much the reason that this is decorated the way it is is because the character is just very random. This is Kilo's axe. He's very random. He's very out there. Whatever he finds, he puts it somewhere on his person. So that's why there's... Is there that is a real uh, some bird foot? Yes, it is. This is a real rooster foot. See, we are costumers and what we like to call ourselves extreme costumers. If it's not real, we won't use it.
1: <laughs> well, not true for everything. I have some fake knives. <laughs> now, the next, now the next thing that we'd like to cover
2: is how not to fall into cliché tropes or archetypes. In other words, being a cliché is so easy nowadays, especially when it comes to, like, steampunk or horror. A lot of people like to be the most feared airship pirate or the most decorated, you know, military veteran of the Queen's Armada kind of thing. Or the best gunslinger in the West. A lot of people like to
1: do that, but then you got to think, if they all met, what would happen? (laughs) really be the best. (laughs) True. So we think, you know, if you're going to say you're the best of something or the most feared of something, that's fine, but how did you even get that? Did you earn it? Did you do something to where the other people around you said, oh, you're the most feared, we want nothing to do with you. (laughs) And maybe you're the best or most feared in your area, but then once you get out into the world, you realize, oh, I ain't hot shit. (laughs) Yeah, to put it lightly. Like, I've noticed,
2: mostly in the steampunk community, a lot of people like to be... You know the best airship captain, or the most feared airship pirate in all the aether, uh, or the best alchemist, whatever have you. And then you have like um, the steampunk west. You have a lot of the best gunslingers or the best lawmen. It's like, okay, how did they get that way? Did they work their way to the top? Did they earn that <clears throat> title somehow? Because if not, It makes the
1: character less personal. And as you you start questioning those things, it starts to influence your outfit even, or your personality, your character when you're in that outfit. It's,
2: It's sadly very easy to step into archetypes because a lot of people nowadays want to be the best, or the biggest, or the
1: most feared. It's like, you don't have to do that. You can be mediocre and average, and sometimes it's more interesting to be that, because then when your character gets in a situation, it's like, well, how did this plain, average, boring person get over here? You know? Yeah. It's like the chemistry girls, because we're we're super-duper nice. We I call us bubblegum villains. Nice. Because you don't expect yeah. us to be villains. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know you were villains until you yeah. told me. <laughs> See? See? How else are we going to get you to drink the tea? I, I'll get the antidote right. <laughs> Well, if you join the Ladies' auxiliary. <laughs> now, see,
2: this guy, the railroad rep, that's his name. I ste—I steered away from what I like to call the, what's what, what should I call this? The stereotypical Old West outlaw lore. He, in essence, started off as a general in the military. He had his own platoon, but then he fell in love with a woman. And he started, you know, giving her things to tell her that he liked her but he eventually ran out of things to give her, so he started taking them from other people robbing trains, robbing people and one night that kind of caught up with him and he was caught in the explosion of a train that he blew up so he was brought back to life by a magical practitioner and he in essence it was his duty to find this woman again and say hey you did this to me it's because of you I'm like this it's because of you, I turned to the wrong side of the law. So it's not like he was just, boom, born, outlaw. No. <laughs> does story come first, or does that costume you? Story, story can do a lot with influencing how the costume looks, yes. Like, if you find out where they were from, what kind of climate, maybe country, what kind
1: of... Uh, I guess heritage it's Mm -hmm. very different for each person some people are very quick and easy to think a story like both of us can think up stories on the spot and then some people will look at something and think well I really like the way this looks oh this looks great with that too and then a story develops as they build it or later they'll sit there and think well what does this mean you know or like a specific you find some prop you really really love yes and then you just build a costume and idea this crocheted shirt built this outfit (laughs) I actually found it at Goodwill for three bucks Or, or macrame or whatever this is. (laughs) Quite literally, what bill? Yeah, it's macrame. Quite literally, what Bill told this was just this, that street
2: sign. Yeah. I actually, I had this made when I was doing um, a zombie hunter group, and this was my character's armor. But then I'm like, you know,
1: I like post apocalyptic things. I'm gonna build a character. And what's great about these outfits is they're constantly evolving and building and changing. Like, uh, Revenant didn't have all those spiderweb and mold on it first. That was an idea that she wanted to build towards, but it didn't start that way.
2: The story of the character, in essence, as the years go by, he becomes more decrepit. He starts, his bones get bleached, he gets spiderwebs, dirt. He still has the ash on him from the explosion. And, uh... The facial prosthetic that I use for him looks more aged, like an aged skull. And that's because although spells are holding him together, his soul inside his body, it's not keeping him from decaying. You know, that's something that he can't get away from. So as time goes on, he
1: becomes worse off. This uh, bit of armor was added to this character recently, as was this. This was supposed to be her um she grew up her name is Trapper and she got the name because she traps animals for a living for to eat and to sell the fur and bones and stuff. This was her first. It was a pet. <laughs> and her stepfather who taught her how to be a trapper said, "Well, you got to learn." <laughs> and so she keeps it as a memento, but then she found he added a unique <laughs> toy to <laughs> it. <laughs> And for Kilo, that gets his attention, and she found that out eventually. She used to play red light, green light with him. He would run off through the waist, and she couldn't catch up, so red light, (laughs) and he'd stop. But sometimes, he wouldn't always listen. So... (laughs) And that gets him to come back. You can hear I that think, miles across the way.
2: <laughs> I think that's another thing that people really like, is if your characters are developed enough and you have someone to interact with, people like they like seeing that because it's something you don't
1: see every day. Like You can you see pretty a pretty costume all the time, but you, it's rare that you see really well-developed characters interact. It's something, you go to Comic-Con
2: and you see these people in these ornate outfits, but they never act. They just kind of stand there for pictures. It's like okay what's your character how do they act you know if they were in a situation like this what would they do and so her and I will randomly just go in a character and just interact with each other and it gets people love it we have been stopped so many times for video
1: there's yeah there's we've had to make sure of course we get permission get the okay get the thumbs up from security because we these two do have a little rough and tumble act where we'll actually attack each other and throw each other <laughs> Ah, oh, stage combat. You never fail us. <laughs> well, yeah, let us know if you guys have any questions. If you have any questions about the characters, if you want to take closer looks, please feel free. Pictures are more than welcome. Oh, yeah, the uh, one
2: character I forgot to mention, that one down there is my zombie prowler. Prowler I use, uh, he, actually, she, came to fruition... When I worked at a haunted house in Phoenix called 13th Floor, and eventually I moved to Chambers of Fear, and this year I worked at a place called The Crypt. Now, Prowler was turned by a wolf who had rabies mixed with the zombie virus. So the rabies and the zombie virus twisted and mutated into an entirely new strand, and that created a zombie that was more animal-minded as opposed to zombie. So it's very quick, it prowls, it stalks, it leaps. And it's very fun for me to do because um, with that particular character, me and a couple others (coughs) do a lot of skits that involves a lot of um, physical attacks. And people dig it because I actually tackle them, they throw me, they, you know, look like they're butting me with a gun, just all this stuff.
1: How long does it typically take to get into... Uh, like the prosthetic there and the uh, zombie makeup. That guy's
2: prosthetic takes me about, I'd say, forty-five minutes, just because I have to get it on my face. I have to get his contacts in, and then I have to black out, you know, everything pretty much that you can see. And you wear it for hours, because I remember at Wild Wild WestCon,
1: you—I I first met you, you were in that outfit, and uh, oh, hardy, hardy. you were—and you worked hard. Too. <laughs> that? It is a very high energy character. She's discovered that she can't. There's a time frame, three hours max. <laughs> and a uh, prowler, depending on the amount of detail I want
2: in uh, the makeup, it can take me anything from 35 to an hour. In fact, I'm going to show you the makeup that I did for uh, the recent zombie walk. This is down in Phoenix. Here's the color picture of that one I showed you. Oh, that's lovely. Oh. <laughs> Here it is. Oh wow. Oh yeah. So really, know, right? it just all depends on how detailed I feel like being that day. It could take anything from half an hour to an hour that's easily. Amazing.
1: and mine aren't that detailed yet where I have a lot of makeup. In fact, I don't wear makeup in my normal life, so putting on makeup for a character is still very new and strange to me, I'm, but I'm learning. <laughs> I'm showing him from the haunt when there was a lot better like, with makeup. <laughs> yeah, I just showed the color of
2: that. But that one is so And uh, this guy, actually, Retribution... That is all face paint. Oh. He usually takes me about thirty-five, just because it's face paint, and what it is is a the white is something called pax paint. Pax paint is a mix of medical grade adhesive and um, white paint, and because of that, when you put it on, it's real elastic and it sticks for a long time. It doesn't sweat off.
1: How long does it take, or what do you do? You have to use special stuff to get it off, like yes, like spirit, I have to use like have, spirit gum remover kind of
2: thing. I just use regular adhesive yeah. remover, yeah. and then the black is just regular um, acrylic black body paint, and then the contacts, which are a pain in the butt. I like wearing contacts because the way I see it, it's like it adds to the effect. If you see somebody with regular eyes, it kind of, to me, it takes away. But if you see them with, like, white whiteouts or demon eyes, it, it adds that, that little
1: touch. An extra <laughs> level. Yeah. Which, actually, I'm going to start wearing contacts because of a new side to Amara that's coming out called Dark Amara. <laughs> or Alexandria. Too. Or Alexandria is her alternative personality.
2: Chosen <laughs> name. Uh-huh.
1: Yes. Um, actually given by Revenant, more or less. <laughs> um, so, because-
2: when you guys are talking about... Contact lenses? You're talking about colored lenses yes.
1: with yeah. all kinds of different effects. Oh yes, mm-hmm.
2: cool. Where do you get those? Online at various places. Okay. There's
1: multiple sources. There's the ones you can see at conventions. There's the ones online. Okay. Um, the
2: ones I would recommend is a brand called Gothica. And that's just because Gothica is uh, their prescription, so they're not going to mess up your eyes.
1: Cool. Thank you welcome. <laughs> my friend actually made that hat for me, and there's stuff where, once again, I wasn't too careful with some of my stuff, so <laughs> there's pieces missing, but yeah, she made that hat for me just out of the blue. It's just a cheap Halloween top hat. I need to add some foam in it actually because it sits weird on my forehead. <laughs> it actually... It actually kind of rocks on my forehead here. Oh, yeah,
2: and you want to talk about uh, real bones?
1: So, like, it sits, but it. Mm.
2: <laughs> this is a badger jaw, and this is a uh, mink skull. And then uh, inside the Ming skull, if you look here, there's wires. And in essence, what that is, is there's an LED in there. And I've got a battery pack back here. When I turn it on, the skull glows. <laughs> wow. <laughs> show me, show me.
1: I would if I didn't, I if I didn't forget my battery. <laughs> but about accessories, though, you don't have to have a ton of accessories. Like She doesn't have a lot of them, but they're very well done, very well placed. Absolutely. Sometimes less is more, you know? Like Amara. It's the simple things that sometimes catch people's eyes. I'll admit I have one character that has a ton of accessories because And she's also sometimes called Jingly because of it. I mean your pirate? <laughs> yes, my pirate Captain Amara, bloodshed, <coughs> or blood-drenched. And that's just some of her accessories. That's actually her light outfit. <laughs> she also amazing. has jewelry and the reason why I'm called Jingly, aside from the gypsy bells. <laughs> when I walk around the fair. <laughs> and she makes fun of me for it. Yes, I do.
2: <laughs> and it's funny because the reason her nickname is Blood Drenched
1: is because... Well, what was that gun you wanted to get again? Oh, that boarding... It's, the, uh, it's one of the um, muskets with the boarding axe on it.
2: <laughs> she goes a little nuts in battle.
1: Yeah, <laughs> she got Blood Drenched because during one particularly bloody high seas battle the only weapon she could find was an axe so she got it and just started wailing and she came back blood drenched <coughs> and that's how she got her namesake <coughs> when she very first started becoming a pirate
2: <laughs> my pirate is aurelia logan she is italian based and she is now here's what i mean when i tell people stay away from stereotypes she is a vampire but how she became a vampire was once she got on Amara's ship they had um, yeah just skip ahead a little bit once she got on Amara's ship there was a sword tournament in France and uh, Amara and her first mate were entered as some of the contestants so they go and you know they're doing fairly well and then she comes up against this guy who she doesn't know why there's just something wrong about him he makes her very uncomfortable and she fights him and he needless to say lays her flat so after the tournament he meets her kind of in an alley and she finds out he's a vampire they fight a little bit he actually bites her but as he's biting her she in essence literally blows his stomach out with her with her uh, pistol and that's how she became a vampire but she's not, you know, broody about it. She doesn't go, oh, what was me? I'm a vampire or anything like that. <laughs> she actually really likes it, but she's not overly flamboyant about it. In fact, she likes to keep it to herself. So she did get bit? Yes. She did. Okay, gotcha. But she blew his stomach out. <laughs> yep, <laughs> okay, to put is it is he, lightly. Is he still in the body or, what, or not? Or is he
0: dead? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he did survive that encounter, but
1: it took some healing.
2: Just <laughs> so he is—he is still alive. But the way that she dealt with him is, while he was weakened, she threw him down in the in the French catacombs. So he's stuck down there until she comes back to get him.
1: Okay. and he has nothing but rats to feed on, <laughs> and he has time to heal. That's good. But with the rats, that doesn't really help him.
2: <laughs> Not at all. So it's funny, when they
1: when they get... when
2: they try Is that to, the technical
1: term? It is. <laughs> Highly technical. Highly
2: technical. <laughs> so when they're trying to board a ship, and, you know, take all their riches, things like that, their gunpowder cannons, blah, 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 Aurelia goes on first, and the crew of that ship quickly learns that she can't be killed. So she's kind of their first person on ships they're trying to take. Now, how do you handle daylight then? <laughs> she is what's called a daywalker. She is a daywalker, but it's not to say she enjoys being in the sun.
1: She's, she wasn't fully turned, because although he bit her, she didn't get the full effect. She didn't drink the blood back. You know?
0: <laughs> May I take a picture? Oh,
1: sure, go for it. Sure. But one thing um, I just thought about while you were talking is, one thing we forgot to discuss is when you're picking out your materials, Make sure it's something that... Yes, it may look awesome for you. The outfit you want. The look you want. But make sure it's something you can stand wearing. Especially for a long time. Don't count on the air conditioning of places to... Because... in Arizona. Oh, I know. Because sometimes places are so packed, it doesn't make a difference. Like Phoenix Comic Con. Um, sometimes <laughs> places, their AC just doesn't work for well at all. Or you're outside, like Wild West Con. <laughs> so, you know, just be wary of the materials you choose. And I would... Try it out. Like, you know, of course, as you change while you're making it to make sure it fits, you know, also spend a day in it or half a day, you know, walk around in it, make sure it's safe in weird places, you know, <laughs> just all of that. <laughs> Same one thing, thing with accessories. One thing
2: that I try to tell people is when you are picking out materials, try to be as close as you can to the material if it was used in a specific time period. Mm-hmm. Because. <laughs> which would be because, everything <laughs> because the last thing you want to do is say for instance you're doing like a renaissance character last thing you want to be seen in is like uh polyester. Polyester. or polyester oh, or just something yes. that's you know today made you want to yeah. go for cottons and things like that
1: which yeah. as you can see half of my stuff isn't exactly period although some of it is um and it's also colors that would not be worn by the commoners red was not worn by commoners that was a royal color you know that was a high society color but she's a pirate she doesn't care (laughs) and she wants to stand out (laughs) she wants to say hey look at me and she does have other pieces she has tons of pieces we accessorize can't you tell she hasn't (laughs) worn. a more modern red shirt, which this is completely modern but still has the peasant blouse look to it. She has about three other skirts, but this is especially for like when, you know, the rare day, it snows here, (laughs) up at the Rare Day. Mm -hmm. So she can just wear that under there, and she also has a white top that's the same as this one. This one was actually from an old Halloween costume, back when you could take pieces apart on Halloween costumes, and they weren't all sewn together, but I still love it, so I kept it. (laughs) And at least at the front of it, it kind of looks almost authentic.
2: <laughs> now, going back to what we were talking about, about straying away from stereotypes and uh, just things like that, I've noticed that when a lot of women in more particular do uh, pirate characters, what is the color scheme they do?
1: <laughs> they see red.
2: Red, white, and black usually, right? Like The our, traditional Halloween uh, Traditional pirate Halloween films. pirate colors, yeah. <laughs> uh, Aurelia's color scheme is... <laughs> white black and green mainly because of the italian bit
1: and hers i think is like isn't like red gold red gold black cream which yeah it's some of the more traditional halloween colors but they fit her and she loves them (laughs) you know you know as far as tropes and stereotypes go if if it's something you truly enjoy whether it's the color scheme or the look or the title whatever that's fine you know it's not to say you can't be those things but at least try to have a story don't just be like well I'm this you know it's like well
2: I'm you know captain this guy from uh, again the Queen's Armada it's like how do he get in the Queen's Armada how did he become a captain what was he before all this was he just born a captain? When he, bo- when he was born, did the queen go,
1: I like you, you're going to be in my armada, come on. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't have to be highly detailed story, <laughs> although we're snobs for stories. so Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Our backstories usually range about like that. Yeah, she asked me to do a, basically a four dummies version of Revenant's backstory. It's three pages long right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's the dumbed-down story. <laughs> that's like to the point story. <laughs>
2: We think that if you actually add a backstory, a history to your character, it makes them easier to portray as well. It makes them easier to act out their mannerisms, how they would act, react, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I do backstories for like, well, like Dungeons and Dragons characters. Yep. So yep. You know when, when we're role playing RPGs, I write up the a backstory. Oh
2: yes. It makes it it makes it, it so much easier. It like, does. With this mm. guy, he doesn't talk at all. Retribution. So um, it's interesting because when I walk around and people talk to me, I feel rude because the character doesn't talk. So usually I have to explain
1: to them that he's a silent character. Especially if they keep trying to have a conversation with you. Like, she'll do like that solemn, creepy nod, you know, <laughs> and then they'll just, they'll be like, okay. Cards. <laughs> Cards. <laughs> The cue cards. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I can just imagine Rhett with little cards. <laughs> <laughs> and, no. the same,
2: and the same thing goes for my axe murderer character, Thaddeus. He's completely silent, but I used him in the haunted house as well, and the only noises he would make is he would make, like, you know, sounds of exertion if he was chasing someone. Like, he would have those ragged pants, or he would grunt. He would, you know, mm-hmm. make these. <laughs> Yeah. Really, that was it though. He wouldn't talk at all.
1: Well, Retribution isn't totally silent. He's supposed to speak telepathically, but you can't portray that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, you could sit there and do like the stereotypical, but that's not him.
2: <laughs> and I just thought when I was putting together his outfit, I figured demon, dark colors, uh, try to just hide what he really is and that's why he's got you know the nice vest he's got the nice leather gloves
1: duster sorry i was just toying with it Uh (laughs) 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 i love you (laughs) you're
2: so sleeping on the couch (laughs) and just what i try to do to show people that he is supposed to be a steampunk character is I added the goggles because goggles equal steampunk. They're ubiquitous. <laughs> and the but little not glass vials <laughs> that are kind of ornate.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, really, when I came up with his design, I thought Western meets steampunk meets voodoo. That's why he's got the face paint on. And originally, he had a small coyote skull up here. I changed that to the minx. And then that's why he has this.
1: Yeah, because I could have swore it was a bigger one
2: Yeah, it was. But it,
1: it wasn't doing so hot up there. So. At, the, at Phoenix
2: Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fashion show. Yep. I, I just, the fashion? So I switched it out because it was just it was too bulky. I didn't like it. So I got this little guy up there instead. And uh, really, I just, I'm like, this is too plain. So I just wrapped... The rope around it, wrapped. this, got the chain. It's got little crystals here and there. And really, he was supposed to be a simple but detailed character. And that's completely fine. You know, your character doesn't have to be too simple or too ornate or too accessorized. Like this guy, he's accessorized because everything that he has, again, he's conglomerated from people he ate. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, and chickens apparently oh yeah mummified chicken
1: (laughs) do you guys have any more questions? how do you guys get started doing this? We've always... Well, at least I've always uh, had an interest in just playing dress-up. and Way back when in the 1700s. No <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> now, then um, I was in acting and theater classes from when I was 7 to 21. Then my mom started taking me to Ren Fairs, and Amara was born and kept building and growing. And then, uh, especially... It was actually the first Wild West Con in 2011. I saw, met Steam Power Giraffe, became friends with them. I met a lot of the people I know now, became friends with them, and started with Jocelyn uh, she went with Simona Weathers. Jocelyn you know me and her started the Tucson Steampunk Society and I just built costumes from that <laughs> and then I kept going and now she's I've always been into horror but now she's getting me back into horror because <laughs> I never I didn't have anybody for the longest I'm time I'm a bad influence
2: <laughs> I got her into horror and I also got her into the post-apocalyptic thing I kind of got her to come out of the closet on a lot of what she likes
1: yeah because, I mean, for years I shelved it because I didn't have anybody else who enjoyed it. So, And my family was like, you know, my grandmother was the kind to sit me down and make sure I sat up straight, my legs, you know, my ankles crossed, knees to the side. Huggles off the table. Yeah, fingers off the food. <laughs> and, you know, which knife was what and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, like, she didn't, like, hit me with a rule or anything if I got it wrong, but she tried to impress that young lady you know like attitude on me and a lot of it sticks she makes fun of me sometimes she goes you're sitting so proper (laughs) i i was raised by my grandmother who
2: was southern catholic so she tried the same thing on me but on the opposite side was my grandfather who was a mechanic since he was 12 so you know i would belch i would you know just i would shout i would have my elbows on the table
1: and all that and he didn't mind it was my grandmother that minded and those, all of those things from us growing up definitely reflect in shards of our characters. Like, Amara is my very much, not uptight, but just... Proper. Yeah, very proper, tight-laced person. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, because she feels she also has to be. She grew up in the slums of Sydney, where she didn't need to be proper, but she thought, well, if I want to get out of here, I can al- I'll either have to work on my back or work in the factories, and I'm not going to do either. So she's like, she got out, became an airship captain, started her own cargo company, and is very successful, and she feels that she has to keep portraying that ladylike politeness in order to get further in the world. And then along comes Retribution, who constantly makes fun of her for it. (laughs) I mean, Redmond, who makes fun of her for it. (laughs) They both start with R.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, With me... I was raised by my mother primarily, who was into something called SCA, Society for Creative Anachronism. For those who don't know, and uh, we were in, you know, the Black Black Rose House. We'd go every Wednesday to melee. We would go to the wars, but around about age ten, I had to stop, and uh, family issues. And then, um, you know, I watched cartoons. Watched. Many movies like uh, the Muppets, a lot of Jim Henson, a lot of Disney, a lot of all that stuff. Uh, I played video games. My first gaming console was an SNES, and um, I would mimic what I saw on the cartoons or video games. I would mimic how they acted, how they walked, how they talked, and I was—I guess you'd call it—a self-taught actor. And that's—that's kind of where it bloomed. Is I saw. The dudes in armor, I saw the king and queen. I saw just all of them, and some of them had characters. And I'm like, I want to do that. That looks awesome. I can, you know, make a character and portray it, and people will be okay with it. So, needless to say, my first characters I created, I was four. Don't judge me. They were my imaginary friends. And then it just kind of grew from there because my first official outfit was my squire outfit that I wore when I was in SCA because uh, my mom's ex-fiance was a fighter so I would help him get on his armor I'd get him water, help him fix his weapons things like that and it just grew and grew and grew and eventually I started going to like conventions Uh, my biggest one was PCC when it first started in 2008, went to the first one you know when it was just an EDBD bitty convention and it just, it blossomed from there I'm like you know what I can be one of those people that people want to take pictures with. I can be one of those people who are, you know, on podcasts, things like that. I can do it. So it, boom.
1: One thing I would mention, though, is just because you create a character that might explore facets of your personality or things you want to do that you wouldn't normally be able to, that's no excuse for certain behaviors. It doesn't excuse you to do or say certain things to anyone. You still have your boundaries. You know, you still have to have... You still have to obey laws and rules and societal politeness. <laughs> a good example would be Retro,
2: uh, Revenant. His character, uh, the best way I can describe this, is a silver-tongued asshole. <laughs> he likes, he can talk his way into and out of anything, but he can insult you and you wouldn't even know it till five minutes later. <laughs> You're walking away going,
1: wait a minute.
2: <laughs> now, that being said, with that particular character... I don't really portray that if I'm at a convention or something like that because I don't know who gets offended by what. Mm-hmm. So I kind of make him more playful. I make him more, you know, play play jabs like uh, with So then when do
0: you portray it?
2: In a manner, but like more so with her, like he'll make fun of her corset or something like that. He'll make fun of her bust or he'll, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But yep. not not to anyone else,
1: just to her. Because it's it's more controlled and private role play that we do that kind of stuff. But in conventions and more public settings, it's toned down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, especially with uh, like my axe murderer.
2: If I portrayed half the stuff he did and like role play or what I saw him
1: as originally, I'd be in jail by now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you can get away with more of it at haunted houses, but not so much at conventions.
2: Yeah, (laughs) And it's like with the zombie The zombie is meant to get in your bubble It's meant to make you feel uncomfortable It's meant to scare you But being in haunted houses has taught me one thing It's taught me to gauge uh, My audience Will this scare work on this person? Will that person get scared at all? This person looks like they have a bad day Or this person just looks like they may need a laugh So, you know, I'll change it up From scary zombie to playful zombie who you know rolls over, uh, gives paw, things like that. <laughs> yeah, becomes rather goofy, <laughs> especially if it's around little little kids.
1: Yeah, little little kids. I I can't scare. I just can't.
2: Like especially. There's, yeah.
1: There's been times they see Revenant coming and just see the skull mask or skull like, prosthetic uh, and everything and they're just like, oh, they're already like behind their mothers, you know. And he, she'll try and you know, hey. You, you know and stuff, and mm-hmm. half the time they do. Some, sometimes they don't. You know, yeah, there are some kids that absolutely adore zombies, and then there are other kids that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Same with clowns, Yeah. <laughs> i
1: I'm a big kid afraid of clowns. <laughs> and
2: yet she hangs out with me, who hangs out with haunted house clowns.
1: Well, haunted house clowns are different. They're uh, meant to be scary. Yes, and they are. <laughs> But like a regular old birthday clown, no, just over there. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> like I,
2: I feel bad because sometimes like at well, well, uh, well, well. Westcon. Westcon. Hi, I can talk. <laughs> you get English. Yes, I can. I speak English. <laughs> there was more than one instance where I would walk up, and you know they would have their little kid. Like I'd go two to say five or six. And I would walk up to him as Revenant, and, you know, they would start getting that face that I'm about to cry face. And I'm just like, you know, okay, all right. <laughs> so I just back off, and I go to the other side of the road just to quit some space, because I don't
1: know whose mother's going to get mad at me <laughs> for accidentally scaring their child. Or who might contact conheads and be like, you've had this ultra-scary person, you know? <laughs> Revenant is... He... they they love the
2: character but it's kind of walking on ice with him because he is a little scary a little bit and it is horror made steampunk they like that but for some reason they think he's scary but then you look at um like the dude who does a gentleman robot that big thing with like the drill his battle form john floyd john floyd Floyd. and i'm just going and that's not scary but i am
1: okay well, he's, you know, it's like a big toy robot. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like a dead person. That's the best way I could say that. It's just a dead person. Well, like you said, some, it's some people saying other people's not. Yeah, But yeah. we've actually got to wrap this up. I got the flash. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was wonderful. Thank you. Any last-minute questions? Feel free to look at costumes, take pictures. And... <laughs> Thanks for putting us on. Not a problem. Feel free
2: to ask questions, take pictures, do whatever you we want. We also have right? a little pronounce of kind of overview of what we talked about.
1: <laughs>
2: Thank you. welcome.
1: So what's the character's name that you're
2: in? This is Kilo. Kilo.
1: <laughs>
2: and the way that he, actually the way that he got that name is one day when he was down in the pit, he heard a, his, fellow, uh, his fellow tribe mates, they were talking about something, and he heard the word Kilo, K-I-L-O. And he's like, I like that, but I don't know how to spell it. So he decided to use it as his name, but he spells it K E E L O instead of K I L O. So, hmm. cool. I I like how your characters have character. <laughs> Thank you. It's Very cool. Yeah. It makes it so much fun. To, it makes it so much fun to do them.
1: I believe you. Guys, have any soundbite for the
0: Creative Claim Podcast Network? Yes. Uh, yes,
2: check out my webpage. It's uh, Facebook.com slash Shattered Creations. That's mine.
1: And mine is Facebook.com slash Captain Amara Deegan for Black Aether Cosplay. All right.
2: Thank you, guys. No problem. And also for you, I have a thing. Oh, yes,
1: I have a thing. I have a thing. Oh, I have a thing, have a thing for everyone. Stop.
2: We both have things.
1: Yeah. I almost forgot I have things. Things, There you go. Oh. Uh, Wow, thank you
0: kindly. I never get these things.
2: Here you go. Is there two in there? No, not. Uh. I support cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was actually somebody at PCC this year who wouldn't take it yeah. because it said I support cannibalism.
1: <laughs> well, most people, you know, would just laugh and get the joke and you know, yeah, and treat it like okay, you don't literally support cannibalism. <laughs> Alrighty,
0: Cool. you right. I hardly ever get ribbons. I don't know how to I um, have properly. Everyone likes ribbons. I
2: don't
1: know. It's
0: a vegetarian. <laughs> hey, guys. Jim here again. Just want to let you guys know we're going to be doing a panel at Tucson Comic-Con at 5 o'clock on Sunday evening. We're going to go ahead and throw in a podcast episode live with the audience and come up with something cool to talk about. And since we're pretty much all going to be together, I was wondering if you guys had any questions that you'd like us to ask each other in a public setting, do a bit of a roundtable. So if you guys have any questions you'd like to send to us between now and November 6th, go ahead and shoot me an email at creativeplaypodcastnet at gmail.com. That's creativeplaypodcastnet at gmail.com. All right, guys. And always, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network, and feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D, Journey of the 5th Edition, and Scion, Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story. Thank you for listening. Should I
1: start? I'm recording now, so go ahead. What time is it? It's 3.08. Might as well get going. Alright, carry on. Do we allow photos? Do you allow photos? I'm sorry? Do we allow photos? Oh yes, go for it. (laughs) Photos are totally allowed. (laughs) Photos are very much encouraged. (laughs)